Okay, so after Daf Mem Hey Aleph, just to finish, we were in the middle of a kasha and a teretz. The kasha was like this. The pasuk says that when a zav, a zav is someone who has an omission three times, he has to wait seven days. Then he goes to the mikvah, and then the next day he brings a carbon. So the pasuk says that the next day when he brings a carbon, az Hashem. Then he could enter before God. Now the halacha by a zav, again, this is the only thing tricky about this stops at the beginning. The only thing, the, the halacha by a zav is that a zav is not allowed to enter two machanas, meaning he's not allowed to be in the base of mikdash, and he's not even allowed to be on harabayas. Okay. Obviously, the day that he brings his carbon, he could enter Harabais because he has to be able to enter Harabais to bring his carbon. The Pasuk implies that the day before his carbon, meaning day seven, when he is a Tful Yoim, the Pasuk implies that he's not allowed to enter Harabais. Meaning, the Pasuk says, Dafka day eight, Oz Hashem, then he could go before God. Up to that point, he's not allowed to. Meaning, the day before, when he's a Tful Yoim, which means his tum is officially over, he went to the mikvah. But he is still in that day that he went to the mikvah. He's not allowed entry on Harabais. So what we deduced yesterday was because the pasuk tells us to bring a carbon day eight. You could look at the pasuk as just saying when to bring the carbon. No, we're being medayik up to that point. You're not allowed to enter the area. Meaning, i.e., a tful yoyim has the same status of the original tumah. Tful yoyim of azav is like azav. The problem is. The Gemara says you could extend the same argument of reading the Pasuk that way to every Nazir that's Tameh. Every Nazir that's Tameh is the same thing. Day 7 he goes to the Mikvah, day 8 he brings a Karban. Because he is Tameh Nazir, he brings a Karban. So you're going to deduce from that that before that point he's not allowed to enter Harabayas? That's not true. A Tameh Mace is allowed to enter Harabayas. The halacha is that a Tameh Mace is only, is only restricted... A tummy mace is only restricted from entering the Mokam Amikdash. Meaning, you're going to deduce from this that every Tful Yoim has a status of the original Tuma as not allowed to enter Harabayis, but that's not true. The Gemara says, Michti, let's see. Shari Niknar Hechakayomen. Where is Shari Niknar? Shari Niknar was the gate entering the Beis Amikdash that the people that were Tameh would bring their carbon to. So you're going to tell me that a Tameh mace is also not allowed to enter that area? But that's not true. Meaning a Tful Yoim of a Tameh mace is not allowed to enter that area. Because again, every time the Pasuk says bring a carbon day 8, we're understanding. It's not just telling you when to bring the carbon, it's telling you that up to that point you're not allowed to enter the area. So that has a couple ramifications. That means that a Tful Yoim of a Zav is like a Zav that he's not allowed to enter that area. But now you're also going to do, so that means a Tful Yoim of a Misa Meaning, someone who went to the mikvah after Tameh Mace is also not allowed to enter that area. But that's not true. A Tameh Mace is allowed to be there the whole week. Forget about the day of. He's allowed to be the whole week. More than that, you're allowed to bring a dead body onto, the, onto Harabais. It's only inside the Beis HaMikdash itself that's the problem. So you're going to make the Shtikl Torah outlawing people from entering Harabais, but that's not true. The Gemara says, Mikhti, Shari Niknar Hechekeman. Where is Shari Niknar? Bishari Leviya, it's in it's it's on Harabayis, it's not in the Beis Hamikdash. So you're going to tell me, according to your understanding, a Tamimes, a Tful Yoim of a Tamimes is also not allowed to enter Harabayis. That's not true. Hatanya Tamimes Mutalikanis Machalavia. Someone who who contaminated to the dead is allowed to enter Harabayis. And not only is the Tamimes allowed to enter Harabayis, the second camp, the Machanilavia, Elafilu Meis Atzmi, you could actually bring a dead body there. A dead body is allowed to be on Harabais. How do I know this? Moshe Rabbeinu was the equivalent of Harabais, right? Again, you have the Beis HaMikdash, Harabais, Yerushalayim. Those are the three camps. In the times of the Mishkan, you had the Mishkan, the Levium, and the Yisraelim. So the Levium is the equivalent of Harabais. 
The Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu took the Atzmas Yosef Imoi. Imoi b'mechitzase, which means the bones of Yosef were by Moshe Rabbeinu's camp, which means the body of Yosef Atzadik was in the equivalent of Harabayas. So you see that you could bring a dead body into Harabayas. So how could you medayik from this Pasuk that a full yoyim of a Zav is like a Zav, he's not lent to Harabayas? Because then I'll make the same argument. A full yoyim of a Mace is also like a Mace, he's not lent to Harabayas. That's not true. So what do you have to say? You have to say that these psukim are not outlawing areas. They're just telling you when to bring the carbon. Again, all the Pasuk says is, if you're, a, if you're someone who's a Zav, bring the carbon day eight. That's all it says. In, not in the Beis HaMikdash. Kodesh HaKadosh of Rome is a lot of people. Beis HaMikdash. The Harabayas, right? There's the... Behind the Kotel was an area called the Harabayas. It was not inside the walls of the Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash is the building. Harabayas is the area around the building. So... So here's the thing. So we started with the Apostolic. The Apostolic just tells you that if someone who's a, a Zav brings a carb on day eight, it gets a lot easier in like a minute, it brings a carb on day eight, you could, you could have just looked at that Apostolic as telling you when to bring the carbon, but no, we wanted to say no. Not just when to bring the carbon, up to that point you're not even allowed to entry into the same area, meaning a Tful Yoim of a Zav is like a Zav. The problem is then you're going to make that argument that a Tful Yoim of a Mesa is also not allowed to be in that area. That's not true. So the Gemara says like this. I'll read the next line with the uh, with the Girsa of Taisus. Ella tful yom shel zav lav kezav dami vafilu hachi kim in the mechus kapar leayil. The answer is like this. If I tell you that a tful yom of a zav has a status of a zav, that means that someone who went to the mikvah that same day he's still tame. He's not allowed to enter harabais. That has a couple ramifications. That has a ramification if you're a zav who saw three times, because then you have to bring a carbon. But it also has ramifications if you're a Zav that saw twice. A Zav that saw twice, what does he do? He's tummy for seven days, goes to the mikvah, he doesn't bring a carbon the next day. Says the Gemara like this, A Tvul Yom of a Zav can enter Harabais. But when is he not allowed to? When he's both a Tvul Yom and what's called a Machos Kippurim. Meaning, a Tvul Yom just means you went to the mikvah and you got to finish that day. Okay. There's two types of Zavs. There's a Zav who saw twice, what is, he, what is he? He's tummy for seven days, but he doesn't bring a carbon. So day seven, he just goes to the mikvah, and then he waits that day, and then he's done. No carbon. He's allowed to enter Harabais, because he doesn't have to bring a carbon. Then you have a Zav three times. He's got to go seven days, go to the mikvah, wait, and then the next day bring a carbon. The halacha is that if you're someone who requires a carbon, then you're not allowed to entry until you bring the carbon. If, Exactly. If you're just someone who, who just is Tameh for seven days, like, I'll give you an example. Someone who's Tameh Mace, does he have to bring a carbon after seven days? No. What's the pr- purification process for someone who's Tameh Mace? Sprinkle day three, sprinkle day seven with the Paraduma. Day seven, you go to the mikvah and you go the next day. Fine. No carbon. Such a person is allowed to enter Harabais. Because a full Yoim is not such a big deal. It's a full Yoim when you also have to bring a carbon. That's the key. So therefore, for a Zav... It's the requirement to bring a carbon that prevents you from entering that area day seven. So it's not just that a tful yom of a zav is like a zav. That's not true. That's inaccurate. No, because the Pasuk is telling you basically, if you have to bring a carbon, that means it's so severe, you can't enter this area until you're ready to bring the carbon. So day seven, so if I were to ask you right now, is a tful yom of a zav allowed entry into Harabayas? The answer is, well, it depends. If he's a zav that doesn't bring a carbon, he is allowed. If he's a Zavu has to bring a carbon, he's not allowed to.
That, that's the answer. So therefore, by a, by a, by a nozer who's Tomei has to bring a carbon, he's not allowed entry. A Tomei mace doesn't have to bring a carbon, he's allowed entry. So the answer is, it's not, it's not a matter of tzvul it's a matter of do you have to bring a carbon. If you have to bring a carbon, you're not allowed entry into the area. If you don't have to bring a carbon, you are allowed entry into the area. That is, it's, it's not the tzvul it's the mechusi kipurim that's the most important component. Okay, now just, <coughs> just to finish up this discussion, the Pasuk describes bring a carbon. Again, if you're Tomei, Right? And you have to bring a carbon. Where are you going? You're walking up to the entrance of what's called Shari Niknar. Shari Niknar is technically not in the Beis HaMikdash. It's the entrance to the Beis HaMikdash, but it's treated as outside of the Beis HaMikdash. But the Pasuk describes it as Lifnei Hashem. Lifnei Hashem implies that it's before God, inside the Beis HaMikdash. So is Shari Niknar inside the Beis HaMikdash or out? So the Gemara says, If you're telling me that Shari Niknar is considered outside of the Beis HaMikdash, again, it's the entranceway, so you could always ask, is that entranceway inside the room or outside the room? Shari Niknar is considered outside of the Beis HaMikdash. I'll prove it to you. How else could anybody ever bring their carbon there, right? You're not allowed to entry, right? Azov is allowed entry on Harabais. He's not allowed entry into the Beis HaMikdash. So how does he bring his carbon? The answer is, Shari Niknar is outside of the Beis HaMikdash, it's considered the Temple Mount. It's not considered inside the Beis HaMikdash. So why is it called Lifnei Hashem? Before God implies that it's inside. So is Shari Niknar inside or outside? So the Gemara says, What the Pasuk is trying to tell you is that Shari Niknar, we just got finished saying that if you have to bring a carbon, you're not allowed to be on Harabayas. That's because Shari Niknar is treated inside, meaning... Just like the Beis Hamikdash is a place that someone is not allowed entry until he's officially pure, so to Shari Niknar, if you have to bring a carbi, you're not allowed entry day seven. It's, a, it's just a continuation of this Rasha. That the Pasik is telling you basically, again, that if you have to bring a carbon, you're not allowed entry on Harabais. Okay. New discussion uh, from here until the end of the. It's a lot easier. New topic. Okay, when a Nazir was done, regular Nazir, you're finished, so he would shave his head with a blade, shave his entire head, and he would bring three carbonos. He would bring a shlomim, an oila, and a chatas. Shlom, oila, chatas. When would he shave, though? So says. So he, here's the basic rule. You would shave immediately after the first carbon. So the kayan would bring the first carbon, he would slaughter the carbon, catch the blood, Bring the blood or not, it's a Shailim and Rishonim. The second the, the, the Nazar would be nearby, he wouldn't be at the entrance. We're going to show that he was, he was in a side room on the Temple Mount. They would yell at him, shave now. The second the first carbon is done, he would shave. So which carbon is he shaving after? His whole body. No, his head, his head. The, the Nazar, just, just the head, the blade, the entire head. Bold. And beard. Just face and head. So the the... He would shave after the first carbon. So the question is, which is the first carbon? Whatever the first carbon is, that's the one he's going to shave after. It's Which was the first carbon brought? So the Mishnah says, Taglach How would he shave his head? How you may be gimel behemas chatas shlam. Right? A nazir has to bring three carbonos: a chatas, an ola, and a shlamim. Shoichet is a shlamim. The first opinion is that the first carbon brought is a shlamim. So you slaughter the shlamim, umigalechalem, and then you shave. And we're going to see in the next mission, and by the way, it makes sense that it would be the Shlomim, because he would take his hair and put it under the pot 
where the shlomim was being boiled, right? The shlomim meat is eaten by the, 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 the Nazir himself. So they would take meat and boil it in a pot. He would take his hair after he cut it and throw it under the shlomim pot, and it would burn in the fire. So the Pasuk says. So it makes sense that the first carbon that he would shave his head after is the shlomim. It's very shlomim-centric. Okay. Rav Loza disagrees. He says, no, the first carbon brought that day was not a shlom, it was a chatas. So he shaves his head after the chatas. He says, because he feels the chatas is brought first. So basically, the machloikas is, which is the first carbon brought that day, either chatas or shlomim, and the ramification would be, which is the carbon that he shaves after, because he always shaves after the first carbon brought. Okay. Then the Mishnah says, So the truth is, let's say they mess up and he shaves after the second carbon or after the third carbon. He's yard design. It doesn't really, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But the evidence is fine. Then the Mishnah continues. This we had previously in the in the The halacha is that generally when you buy a carbon, you have to announce what the carbon is for. You can't just bring an animal and bring it to the Kayan and say, you figure it out. No, you have to say, this is a chatas, this is an oil. You have to declare it. These karbanas you do not have to declare. If you bring three animals to the Kayan and you say, these are from my Nazir karbanos, you do not have to declare it. Why? Because each carbon was brought from a different species. One was a male, one was a female, one was a sheep, one was a goat. So because they're different species, you don't have to declare it. You just bring in the three animals. And the kain will know, okay, that's an oil, that's a chatas, that's a shlom. You don't have to declare it. Because we have, we have this privy. You would tell us, I have no idea. I mean, I, I would assume that... This was on... So the Gemara says like this, So we said that the kain, that the nazir shaves his head after the shlomim. Because the shlom was the first carbon brought. How do I know that? That's the first opinion. But how do I know that he shaves after the shlom? So the Gemara says, Now this is interesting. The Pesach technically says that the Nazir shaves his head at the entrance to the Beis HaMikdash. Now let me ask you a question. Um, the literal shot of the Pesach is that he shaves, it's saying where to shave his head. Now that's, if I were to ask you, do you actually think that the Nazir is shaving his head at the entrance to the Beis HaMikdash? It's a strange thing. Can you imagine... Imagine in the shul, if someone were to park himself right at the entrance of the shul and sit down in a barber and start cutting his hair. It's, oh no, it's a it's a You should do it privately in a private room. So the Gemara understands, because it's embarrassing. It's, it's, sitting there at the entrance of the basement, you have people just sitting in barber chairs cutting their hair? It's still, no, because it's still... It's true, too. But the Gemara feels that it's considered a bizarre. Therefore, the Gemara understands that the Pasuk is not telling you where to shave, it's telling you when to shave. Pesach is also a Lushan that's used by a Shlomim. So when it says Pesach oil Mayed, it means shave at the same time that the other carbon is being brought, i.e. the Shlomim. That's how the Gemara understands it. Meaning, the Gemara says, B'shlama kasem adabra, it's telling you not when, not where to shave, but when to shave. Because it says, B'shachtu Pesach al-mayed. It says the Shlomim is shechted at the Pesach al-mayed. It says you shave at the Pesach al-mayed. It doesn't mean to shave literally at the entrance. It means shave after the carbon that the Pesach al-mayed is brought, i.e. the Shlomim. 
How do I know that the Pasuk does not mean literally that it should tell you where to shave? So says the Gemara, Maybe the Pasuk is not telling you where, uh, when it's telling you where to shave. The answer is, that's considered a bizarre a degrading to the Beis Amikdash to have barbers sitting there at the entrance of the Beis Amikdash. It's considered degrading. Therefore, it can't be that. Therefore, the Pasuk must be telling you when to shave. That the same carbon that has the same lotion of Pesach HaMayr, i.e. the Shlomim, when you bring the Shlomim, you shave. Okay. So Rav Yoshia Omer Einitzarech, Rav Yoshia says, I'll prove it to you that it's considered a bizayon to have the barber there. It's not just a svara. It's, it's, I have like biblical proof that you shouldn't have a barber there. Why? Hari Omer Tarek Leisal Malos HaMizbechi, Kavachar Mederek Mizayon. What's the halacha? The ramp of the Aron did not have steps. Why? Because for a kayan to separate his feet, it's, it's, it's degrading. That's how careful we are about, uh, about the cover for the Beis Amidish. You think it makes sense to have barbers sitting at the entrance? Okay, listen, it, you know. It's also interesting, also, not only... I'll tell you also an added point. No one makes this point that I saw. It's not just that it's barbers and it's like this hair on the floor and it's like... Okay, listen, it's not classy. I mean, you wouldn't want... Uh, you're the only one I know that has, a, that, that, that has had barbers in the house. Like, I, my mother would lose it if there were barbers in the house. You put stuff down, but... Yeah, it's true. But, either, no, but, but, but I'll tell you also, you have to realize also, not only are they shaving, they're also shaving their payas and their beard. They're doing in Isidaraisa, but it's Aseido Holosa say. I could see that. No, but I could see. I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I could see that also being like degrading the like the the play. It's like you bring you bring your kids to the base of English, and what's the first thing they see? They see a guy using a blade to shave off his face. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. The Gemara considers it degrading. I don't know. I don't know. Shimmy's point's a good point. There's blood flying all over the place. But the blood is not in the entrance of the Beis Hamikdash. The blood is inside already. You don't see it when you get there. Like when you're coming in to take pictures, the first because you have to realize these people are not in the Beis Hamikdash. They're in the entrance to the Beis Hamikdash. So they're by Shar Niknar. There's no blood over there. The blood is inside. I'm sure, there were special rooms anyway. No, no. That, that's so. Where do they actually uh-huh. shave? So I saw the the rush says that they shaved. It's called a Shar Hanazirim. It was a side room off the off on the outside of the Beis Hamikdash. They had some side rooms, I think, on the north side or something like that, and that was where they would shave. And it was also the area where they would cook the shlamim. Makes a lot of sense. They do throw right there. So that's another source. Now this is interesting. I, I've never seen this Gemara. This is printed in the Gemara. They showed it in the video. Oh, they did. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, the, the, this is interesting. This is put in the Gemara. Nusach acher b'medrish parshas naso. There's another nusach in the medrish of parshas naso. That's very interesting. The Gemara says, V'gilach hanozer v'yoshiomer b'shlom ha'kosem edaber, ayena im kacham reter lo yisal, kavachom edaber shalai ilagalech, pesach ha'omer b'shlom ha'kosem edaber. It's the same Gemara, just uh, I found a different nusach in, in the medrish. Okay. Rav Yitzchak ha'mein etzerach. Rav Yitzchak says, I'll prove it to you that it's a bizayon. Why? Not a bizayon. He says, I'll prove it to you you couldn't shave in the entrance. Why? The Pasuk says that the Nazar would cut off his hair and put it directly onto the fire. That implies that he's there where they're cooking the shlamim. They didn't cook the shlamim the entrance way. They cooked the shlamim. By the way, the truth is you could cook the shlamim anywhere in your shalim. But they practically would cook the shlamim in, in that room. So it means that that's what they were cut. Because if they were cut in the entrance way, what would that mean? You would have to cut the hair, then go to the fire. 
The Pasuk says he takes the hair and he puts it, which implies that he's there. So it has to be a place where they would actually cook the shlomim, which was not done in the entrance way to the base of it's the same uh, ruling, it's just this is Rav uh, commenting on the Mishnah itself. Okay, fine. Uh, let's go right there. Now, the Gemara says, another drasha, that again, it says, Pesach Again, the Pashup shot of the Pasuk is, the Pasuk says you, you cut the hair at the entrance of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, we said that doesn't mean entrance, it means at the time right after the Shlomim, because the Shlomim also has Pesach. Either Bezayon or whatever. Here's a different drasha. Abachana and Mishra Marveliezer, the Gilachanazer Pesach El Maid, Kozman Shane Pesach El Maid, Pesuch and Magalech. By the way, the halacha is we're going to see in a moment, you didn't have to shave in the Beis Amikdash. If you shaved in Yushalayim, you were Yotzer. Now, maybe you're not going to put it, maybe you wouldn't cook the hair under the fire. That's a possibility. It could be only do that if you're present. But conceptually, you could cut your hair anywhere in Yushalayim. Anywhere that you could cook the Shalom, you can cut your hair. Does that mean, what if you want to do it? Here's the thing. You're in Yushalayim. Why any place in Yushalayim? Because that's where you can cook the Shalom. In any place in Yushalayim. Correct. Now, we're going to see, by the way, if you cook it out, if you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. So let's say, think of this scenario. You want to cut your hair in Yushalayim. You want to get your family together. Make it a party. Okay. You say, listen, let me do it at night. It's easier. Allah is you're not allowed to cut your hair at night. How do I know this? Because it's Pesach al-Mayr. The Beis Amikdash has to be open, meaning it has to be fully functional. At night, where the Beis Amikdash is not open, so to speak, meaning <coughs> carbonus are not being brought, you cannot cut your hair at night. So, no, no, they would only burn the extra fats. So because, so the point is, Pesach um, al a new drasha, is that the, you can only cut your hair during the daytime. Okay, another teaching. Rav Shimon Shazuri says, that the Pasuk says you shave the head at the entrance. Now, he says a different shot. It means you don't shave a woman's hair. Now, there's two, there's a shayla in the Rishonim. Either this means a Nazira doesn't shave her head at all. She's completely exempt from shaving her head. Or you just don't do it uh, in the entrance to the Beis Just Go to the next page. Why? You good? It's if Oh, it's enlarged. Shami kuhuna. I mean, the reason why the pasuk is telling you you could shave the nazir's head by the entranceway to the beis hamikdash, or you do it in public. You do not shave a woman's head in public. Now, why? Shami kuhuna. Because these are married. A lot of them are married women. For her to uncover her hair, we're afraid that it's it's not sneez. It's gonna men are gonna see and then it's gonna have a taiva. Now, by the way, they bring down on the bottom. It's a shaila and taisvis and the rush. Does this mean that she doesn't cut her hair private, uh, pr- publicly, but she has to do it privately? Meaning, unlike a regular Nazi who could shave his head on anywhere, just not in the front. He could shave his head, you know, with a Nazira, no. Or p- perhaps he, he's just saying she doesn't shave her head at all. Meaning, women are exempt from shaving their heads. It's a shayla in the Rishon. Now, I, so the Gemara says, I mean, the reason why we don't do it is because it's not sneez. Let me ask you a question. We're getting in the next Masech to Saita. The next yeah. Masech, the Dharma is a Saita. Saita, Mamish, she uncovers her hair on her, like on, by the base Hamikdash in front of everybody. <laughs> what's the answer? The answer is a mitzvah. So, so like, what's the difference? So the Gemara says, What's the difference? 
So the answer is, The difference is, the Nazira is going to look nice. <laughs> she's going to put makeup on, she's going to have nice clothing. So her uncovering her hair can, can be more The whole process of the Saita is to make her mavuza, it's to make her embarrassing. There's no, trust me, the last, when, it, it's such a, it's such an unpleasant s- ceremony. The last thing men are thinking about is inappropriate thoughts with her. It's such a, like, a, you know, a shameful thing. There's no concern. Okay. New topic. It just, it's just, it's I would argue that the Rebbe Yezer who says chatas, he probably darshins the pasuk as maybe excluding a nazira, or maybe to say that you can't cut your hair when the base of Middash is not open. But you're right, yes. According to this, it's very much connected to the Shalom. Uh, okay, now, He would take the hair of his naziris, and he would put it under the pot of the Shlomim that Shlomim was cooking in. Now let's say... Now that's only I said to you, you could you could shave your head in your shalim. Now the truth is you could shave your head outside of your shalim, you're just not Makai in the midst of Shlamas. Now let's say if you cut where are you cooking the shlum? Again, they technically usually would cook it in on the base of Mikdash, but if you want to cook your shlum anywhere in your shalim, you're allowed to. So you could technically bring your shlum home, cook it there, cut your hair and put it there. What if you cut your hair in Tiveria? Meron, you go to Meron, you cut your hair there. So do you bring your hair to your shalayim to cook it under the shlamim? Or do you say, no. So the halacha is, If you cut your hair outside of your shalayim, you don't travel with the hair, you bury it on the spot. That's the halacha. It requires burial. You bury it, you don't burn it, because again, you can't burn it under the fire where you are, because you can't cook the shlamim outside of your shalayim. So if you cut it outside of your shalayim, the question is, do you bring it to your shalayim to burn it there? The answer is no, you just bury it wherever it is. I guess so. I would assume so. You don't want to have people have uh, have uh, use from it. Now, okay. There's a nazir could shave his head for two reasons. He could shave his head because he's done his naziris. Or he could shave his head because he's tame. Now, when does the burning happen under the shlamim? Now, a nazir could shave his head for two reasons. Every nazir, when he's done, shaves his head. He definitely cooks the hair. I cook it. Burns the hair under the fire when he's done. A nazir who's tame also has to shave his head before he restarts the clock. Does he also burn his hair? So says the Mishnah. The Tanakhama feels there is no mitzvah to burn the hair when you're a nazir tame. Only by the end of the naziris. Rameir disagrees. He says, Rameir says, no, you always burn the hair, even if you're a nazir tame, unless you're a nazir tame who shaved his head outside of Yushalayim. But if you're a nazir tame who shaved his head in Yushalayim, then you burn the hair under, under, the, under the carbon as well. That's Rameir's take. Okay, let's run through the Gemara. The Gemara has an added Chiddush. So according to the Gemara, according to the Mishnah, what do you do? You cut the hair and you burn it. The, now the Gemara adds a Chiddush. What you actually do before you burn the hair is you take some of the broth of the shlamim, some of the liquid that the shlamim is cooked in, you pour it on the hair, then you burn the hair that's soaked in the shlamim broth. Meaning... In addition to burning the hair, you're supposed to burn some of the shlamim under it. Now, you can't take some of the meat because that would be destroying the carbon. So what you do is you take some of the broth, 
dip the hair in the broth, then burn the hair-soaked broth under the under the carbon. Now, by the way, if you take the hair and burn it under a chatas or an asham, it's also yotza. Now, here's the question. Uh, asham, a nazar brings three karbanos. Ola, shlamim, chatas. Where's an asham coming in? Why are you mentioning asham? An asham is brought by a nazar who's tameh. So why are you mentioning I thought we are talking about a nazar tahar. So the Gemara says, asham, nazar, tahar, mi'ika, what it means is, if he is a Tame Nazir and he puts it under the Asham, he's Yotza. Fine. Meaning, basically, if you burn it under any carbon, you're Yotza. If you're Nazir Tahir, you have three carbonates. If you're Nazir Tame, then an Asham. Okay. If you burn it under any carbon, you're Yotza. But now, what we added before says so two halachas that we just saw. One. Does he have to put it underneath a, 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 a piece outside of Yushalayim? Outside of Yushalayim, no. So we had two opinions, two halachas from this b'risa. Number one is that in addition to burning the hair under the shlom, you have to dip the hair in the shlom in broth and then burn it. And number two is that if you burn it under any other carbon that he brings, you yaitza. So if he burns it under the asham or the chatas or the ola or the shlom, it's fine. No, no, not I don't. You wouldn't do that for the non-shlom. That's a shlom thing only. But the other ones, if you burn it under, you yaitza. What are the sources for those two halachas? So the Gemara says, How do I know this? That you take some of the broth, some of the gravy, dip the, put the hair, put it on the hair, and then burn it. How do I know this? Because the Pesach says, It says you burn the hair under the zevach hashlamim. Zevach means a carbon. Shlamim is a carbon. Why do you have to have zevach hashlamim? Just say shlamim. You know what the answer is? You're burning some of the carbon itself under the carbon. Meaning, some of the zevach itself is under the shlamim. Meaning, you don't just burn the hair under the shlamim, you burn some of the shlamim under the shlamim. How do you do that? By dipping some of the broth. Now, then the second halacha is that if you burn, if you burn it under any other carbon that you bring, so he burns it under his chatas, he's also yaitzazayin. My time, what's the reason? Because it says zevach. So, Lorabos is a chatas for Asham. The Zevach is a more inclusive Lashon, it means any carbon. So, if he burns that, any carbon is Yotza. Now, here's the thing though. We're bur- learning, oh, we're learning both halachas from the same word. The both halachas are from the word Zevach. Zevach means some of the Zivchos, some of the broth. And Zevach means not just a Shlamim, any other Zevach that he brings. So, how do you learn two halachas from one word? The answer is Imkain. If it was only meant to teach you the gravy, that you have to dip some of the gravy, meaning, the extra word teaches you some of the broth. The word, which word, meaning there's the extra word and then there's the choice of word. The extra word teaches you the broth. But the fact that it doesn't say broth, it says zevach, teaches you any other carbon. So the extra word teaches you one thing. The choice of word teaches you the other. Okay. The fact that there's the order... Zevach Hashlamim teaches you that it's adding it's adding a drasha, meaning some of the broth. But then, why doesn't it say rotav? And it says zevach that teaches you any other carbon. Okay, extra word and the choice of word. Let's just finish up this sugi. Maybe we'll do the next mishnah very quickly. Then the, then the Gemara says, They would always cast the hair under the pot. Rav Meir says the only time you don't burn the Nazir's hair is if he's a tummy Nazir and he burnt it out and he cut it outside of Yushalayim. In which case you, you bury it on the spot. Rav Yudah says no. 
Tzmeim kan v'kan loyhoi meshalchin. Rav Yehuda says, no, you only burn a nazir that's tahar. You do not burn a nazir tamay's hair. I don't care where it is. Tahar, yes. Tamay, no. Even, by the way, Rav Yehuda takes it... Rav Yehuda, he actually has an opposite extreme. His view is, all nazir tahar, you, you burn. Even if you cut it outside your shalim, bring it in. If you're nazir tamay, you never burn it. I don't care where you are. So, Rav Meir says, tahar inside, yes. Tameh inside, yes. Tameh outside, no. Rav is like, listen, tahar, yes. Tameh, no. Easy. Then you have the Chacham, and they say, The Chacham say, no, you only burn the hair if you cut the hair when you're Tahar on the Temple Mount. It has to be on the Makam HaMikdash because that's the proper way to do it. It has to be where you're supposed to burn to cook the Shlom. Because that's the proper mitzvah. Anywhere, if it's not on the Temple Mount, no good. And if it's not a Tahar, no good. Now let's just do the mission, then we'll stop. The mission then tells us the next step. Let's see, so you cook the shlamim, or if you overcook it, whatever, if you cook the shlamim. The koyan then takes the cooked leg of the shlamim. Or kick matzahachas. He takes an unleavened loaf and uh, an unleavened wafer. So he takes a chala and he takes a matzah. So he takes a, the leg, a chala and a matzah. Noisin al kapi and nazir. He takes all those three, puts it on the Nazar's hands, umenifon, and then the Nazar waves them like the like the, the Dalad Minim. So you maniaf them all shlomim requires tenufa. So, so so you take the shlomim leg, you put it on top of a matzah and a wafer and a rikik. These are two different mincha karbanas. So you take the two minchas, you take a leg, you put it on his hands, and he waves them in all directions like the Dalad Minim. Then he's allowed to drink wine. Meaning, that was the end of the time. Meaning, once that's done, he's good. We'll finish with this up. Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says, no. Rabbi Shimon says, no. He's, he doesn't need that to allow him to drink wine into Tamimesim. The second one of his karbanas, the blood is already sprinkled on the mezbeach, he's good to go. So according to Tanakama, when is a nazir allowed to go to a cemetery and to drink wine? After the tenufa, according to Rav Shimon, the second one of his karbanas has blood on the mezbeach, I don't care which one, yoitza, then he's done. I'll stop here. My pleasure.